0: hello my friends and welcome back to farm machinery digest radio i'm your host ray bohacks the hot rod farmer from cat swamp road and uh, doing this show right from the farm and it's beaming up to the Sirius xm channel 147 rural rural radio satellite And I looked it up, and supposedly that satellite is 22 miles above the Earth's surface. I would have thought it's a little bit further, because I go 22 miles in the morning to go get coffee, but obviously that's a horizontal 22 miles, and it's not a vertical 22 miles, but that is what they tell me, it's 22 miles up, so I'm going to check that, and it's coming to you all over North America, so I want to thank you so much for tuning in today and as you know we get together in the farm shop every saturday at 11 a.m eastern and then again on sunday with a replay and encore of saturday's episode at 6 p.m eastern so you could catch it then and if you miss it just go to my website farm and click on the tab that says fmd radio and you'll be able to uh, listen to the back episodes whenever you want 24 7 365 days of the week of the week 365 days a year thank god the, the week doesn't have 365 days right that would be some long work week but uh let me see what else it's getting a little bit cold here but not too bad was supposed to be around four degrees Fahrenheit uh, above zero tonight so that means it may touch near zero but I know in other parts of the country and in in Canada out in the prairies it's been terribly cold around minus 40. F and C, it's about the same at that particular point, right? So minus 40, that's really, 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 really cold. And that brings up the topic of today's show. And that's going to be how to get a diesel engine to start in the extreme cold. And that is an obstacle, especially, I mean, for some farmers, it is not an issue because you're not using a tractor or a diesel engine, but you could have a diesel engine in your pickup truck, right? Or a vehicle, a passenger car. You could have a, a small diesel like in a Volkswagen or a Mercedes. I don't think that there's any other diesel cars left anymore, sadly. But if you have a, an operation that deals with livestock, especially cattle, then those diesel engines have to start so you could go out there and feed those cows and take care of them. So it's imperative that you learn and apply everything that is possible to get that engine to fire right up. All right, so that is what we're going to discuss. But before we go there, I just want to just tell you that I need to uh, to correct something or well, expand upon it. I don't think I gave a good explanation last week on the show. Is that I'm having these Hot Rod Farmer license plates made? They're going to be embossed and uh, American made aluminum license plates with the Hot Rod Farmer logo on it. And to get into the contest to win it, I'm going to give two license plates away a week. So it's 104 plates plates a year, right? Ex- except, uh, yeah, right, it's 104 plates, 52 times two. Not too good on math this morning. <laughs> but anyway, um, a year. But what you need to do is reach out to me at hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com and tell me where you listen from and I will put you in a drawing for a license plate. But, now we don't have the license plates yet, so I'll tell you when they come in and we will announce that. But... What I neglected to do is there's so many people that contacted me previously and gave me pins in my map that you are not going to be excluded from this drawing. So once I get the license plates, I'm gonna take all of the the people's names from the map. I'm gonna put them in a big box and then as we move forward with the show and with the, um, I'll say it's a contest. Well, it's not really a contest. I guess it's a weekly contest is I'll keep adding names. And then if you, if you win the license plate, then I'll take your name out of that box. So everybody who sent me, who gave me a pin in my map a while back, you're still going to be in the contest. You don't need to recontact me, but if you want to recontact me, that's fine. And you know who recontacted me? My two youngest listeners, Sam, and Reagan Barlieb from New Jersey, they're interested in winning a license plate. So they just jumped right on that. And They said, what do we got to do to, con- to, to get that license plate drawing? And, and that was the catalyst for uh, for making me realize that I did not tell you that last week on last week's episode. So that is, uh, that's basically about it. So sit tight during the break. Then when we come back, we're going to go over what you need to get that diesel engine to start when it's extremely cold because that bad boy has to do some work and never forget agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability
1: one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time has returned to nfl radio we are seeing a special performance by brett Farmer. It's the SiriusXM Blitz with Brett Favre. The three-time NFL MVP slings unmatched analysis of the week's NFL games and talks with his friends from around the league. Head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid. I have been around a little bit. Nobody did it better than you. Catch Brett Favre on the SiriusXM Blitz Tuesday morning at 11 Eastern on NFL Radio Channel 88 or listen anytime on the SXM app. Hi, I'm Rob Keck from Bass Pro Shops, your leader in the outdoors. Join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern for Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We'll talk about all things outdoors and preserving our access to the forest, field, and water. We'll be bringing you special guests from unique locations as well as inside access to the latest topics and trends in the outdoors. Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World only on Rural Radio, Sirius XM channel 147. Your adventure starts right here.
2: This Urban Ag Report is brought to you by FMOwheels.com, the digital CSA for urban communities supporting urban farmers everywhere. Everyone loves salmon. Everyone loves fresh salmon even more. The problem is that 90% of the salmon in the United States is imported from overseas. The fishing and farming sectors are becoming unreliable. That is why innovation is needed. Companies like Superior Fresh are creating new, fresh, sustainable solutions in their Wisconsin-based, full-loop, zero-waste aquaponics farm fresh local salmon that has won awards like best choice from the monterey bay aquarium seafood watch being the largest aquaponics facility in the united states superior fresh uses a 123,000 square foot aquaponics facility to restore its surrounding 800 acres of land with advancements like this more and more aquaponic farms are providing fresh local organic fish and vegetables in a sustainable environmentally conscious way this has been the urban ag report on rural radio sirius xm channel 147 Follow us at UrbanAgReport.com.
0: Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer, and we are going to be discussing how to get a diesel engine to start in the extreme cold. And I know that there's, I have audience, thank God, all around the United States, but in the southern states, it's really not too much of an issue, but you can on occasion get an extreme cold snap and i remember last year in went uh last winter in texas they had that extremely cold minus 22 degrees weather but for most of us in the continental united states and in canada dealing with cold weather in the winter is just a fact of life so uh Even if you're down south, I think you should listen to this and put this information in your back pocket to have it in case something ever does uh, happen down there and you do get extreme cold and you have to get a diesel engine to start. So now the thing basically is, is that I'm going to emphasize a diesel engine because its dynamics of how it runs is completely different than a gasoline engine. A gasoline engine obviously works. It's called a spark ignition engine. And it, it, the fuel is ignited by the arcing of the spark plug. And also gasoline has a, is more volatile and easier to ignite than diesel fuel. And the other component with gasoline is that it doesn't solidify. But there is something that you need to know about gasoline before we go into the diesel side of the equation, is that for all intents and purposes, gasoline will not vaporize, will not become a vapor. Remember, we need three things to happen to gasoline to make it a fuel that is suitable to run an engine. Or it needs to be atomized, which is broken down into small particles, emulsified, which is mixed mixed with air, and then vaporized, which is a phase change from a liquid to a rarefied form, which we would call a gaseous form, not gasoline, gaseous, meaning it's in a rarefied form. And the vaporization rate, so its phase change, stops at about minus 45 degrees Fahrenheit, which is just about the same temperature in Celsius. So, in theory, a gasoline engine will not start and run at minus 45 degrees Fahrenheit because there is no vaporization, there is no phase change, and liquid fuel will not ignite. So you may say to me, Hot Rod, I've got, you know, I've had an engine start in colder than minus 45. Well, that may very well be the case. But the gasoline may not have been that cold and the combustion chamber or the fuel ejector to carburetor may have been a little bit above that temperature. So arguably, if it's at minus 40 or minus 42, 41, 39, in theory, you have the ability to get it to vaporize. But at minus 45, it will not without an outside heat source. And that is why if anybody is a pilot and they run a internal combustion an engine, a piston engine, a reciprocating engine, I should say, because not a jet engine. Then they have intake air heaters and carburetor heaters and all of that stuff. already So you can get a gasoline engine to start at below minus forty-five, but F, but you need some outside heat source. Now, when it comes to extremely cold temperatures, <clears throat> the problem that we have with a diesel engine is. Uh, is is multifaceted let's put it this way the biggest obstacle is unlike gasoline the fuel is not as volatile and due to its composition it's not that it's not highly refined like gasoline is is that it has the propensity to want to thicken and is once you start to get into into diesel fuel and temperature extremes low temperatures that it, it, in essence it thickens it, it some people call it gels it doesn't want to flow all of that all of those dynamics come into play and you don't need to be overly concerned with but what you need to be concerned with is that the fuel will start to gel and thicken and that could start as low as 32 33 degrees the way you get around that is that you additize the diesel fuel with a winter additive and a lot of companies sell advertised fuel, but you have to spe- see if you could find out at what level it is advertised to. So it may be advertised to minus ten, it may be advertised to zero, or it may be advertised to minus twenty or thirty. So the thing what I always propose is that you advertise your own fuel on the farm or in the tractor in the vehicle by buying a product and then reading the instructions on the product because the amount of the additive that you that you introduce to the fuel is going to determine at what particular point the fluid is still going to be able to flow so the biggest thing with a diesel is that you need to get that fuel to flow if that fuel is not going to flow then obviously all bets are off it's not going to start without without any fuel so you need to treat that fuel and if you're an extremely cold climate the the great plains of the united states the the prairies of Canada, you're going to have to treat that to a higher dosage rate to get it to not gel, freeze, and not flow, all right? So like, there's a couple of dynamics, there, cold filter, plugging point, and people get fixated on that. The whole idea is you need the fuel to stay liquid and to <clears throat> be able to flow. So can, can you add it to the level that it's going to stay liquid to minus 50 or 60 degrees below zero? Probably not, all right, but you could prob you could additize it to minus thirty minus forty with a caveat. the caveat being that the fuel in the tank and the fuel you have in the tank in the in the your farm farm storage tank, or the tank and the piece of equipment, the truck, what have you, doesn't have a lot of moisture and sludge in it. Because all of the numbers that they give you on a bottle of additive and the the chemistry of it is based upon the fuel not being loaded with sludge and not being loaded with moisture. So that is something to keep in mind. And also keep in mind that it is always imperative for you to change your fuel filters even if they're not due as you get into the colder weather because any restriction that fuel filter is going to impede the flow of fuel even if it's staying liquid now it's still going to have a higher friction going through the filter so you can't have any blockages all right so keep that in mind now so once we get past that it is imperative to recognize that the cranking speed of the engine is going is going to allow it to start or not to start. And it's also, if you have a later diesel engine, some tier three, tier four, what have you, an electronic diesel that's going to somehow control the injector opening is that every one of those engines have, have coded into their software, which you may not know what it is, you probably don't know what it is a certain cranking rpm that needs to be achieved before it will pulse the injector so that is very very important gasoline engine is the same thing but we are not concerned with that right now so the cranking speed is going to be imperative and the cranking speed is going to serve two different things number one it's going to help to heat the air in the cylinder to around 300 350 degrees but if it's minus 45 it has to bring it up still to that 350 degree ignition point, right? And I'm talking F because I'm here in the States. So I, I'm not that used to thinking in centigrade, all right? So that the faster that you could get the engine to crank, the more, the the higher it's going to, it's going to raise that, that temperature of the air in the cylinder, all right? So we have to worry about, we have to worry about that. And then we also have to worry about the injector, what rpm the injector will open at now the cranking speed is going to be a combination of the voltage in the battery any voltage drop through the terminals and the ground circuit the the efficacy of the starter if you have a starter that's older it's got some grease in it, it's got some oil it's got some dust in it it's going to be, it, all of that is going to be magnified in extreme cold and lower the cranking speed and also increase the amount of amperage that is being pulled by the starter, which needs to be sourced out of the battery. And remember that the battery batteries do not like cold and they do not like hot and their, their potential energy drops down dramatically. Now, also what is happening is that the oil in the crankcase, is going to be thicker when it's cold, as you are well aware. And if it's a manual transmission and you're not pressing in the clutch, that's going to be thicker also. So what do we do to work around this? Well, the first thing that you need to do is make sure that the glow plugs, if it has glow plugs, that engine, some may have glow plugs and an intake air heater, but the the heating of the cylinder, those... Those areas that are used to heat the cylinders, that's not a good word, areas, but those those components is a better word, are completely functional. So you need to, before the winter, you need to check the resistance of all the glow plugs. And you need to check it against the specification because oftentimes you'll have the resistance start to, as the glow plug wears, the resistance will go high and it will not heat as it should. So you could check that right at the, depending upon the application, you could usually glow, there's a glow plug controller, or some sort of relay you could usually go there and pin it out and very simple go with your own meter all right the positive lead would go into the pin connector to the glow plug the negative lead to ground could be the engine block and most glow plugs have have a resistance between two tenths and six ohms but you need to have the specification for that particular application you can't just guess at it all right, so you need to check that resistance because you may have, let's say if it's a six cylinder engine, three of the glow plugs are weak. They're they're heating, but they're heating at a lower rate. And then that's going to make that engine very hard to start specifically in the cold. the same thing goes with an intake air heater. You need to confirm the resistance of the intake air heater, a glow plug and intake air heater over time will lose its efficiency. And that heat is quickly into a lower temperature. And then you will have problems with that. It's not going to fire because at that extreme cold, you need everything working right in the money. And the other thing that you could do is switch over to a synthetic oil. When we talk about oil, we talk about, people talk about viscosity of it getting thicker. And that's truly not the case with a uh, the true definition of viscosity. Because the, the definition of viscosity is how the oil interacts with one another, but it does get thicker. And there's a component of engine oil called pumpability. And if you run a full synthetic engine, Oil in the crankcase is that its pumpability will be a lot easier in the extreme cold than it would be with a mineral oil or a semi-synthetic oil. And this is for a tractor, truck, for uh, the grain cart, on um, the grain cart, uh, anything that has an engine, a snowblower. So you have to be concerned with the pumpability, and the pumpability is usually referenced of showing how quick the oil can get to the engine parts. But in this particular instance, we did a show last week about parasitic losses, that the parasitic losses will be a lot less with a synthetic oil than it would be with a mineral or a mineral oil blend and the resistance so it could just be enough to get you that another 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 rpm for that engine to fire but also keep in mind is that once that engine starts you need to be able to get the oil to all of the components but we're worried about starting it now all right and a synthetic oil will make a big big difference the uh the Coldest that I ever started my diesel was minus 14 and I run mobile one synthetic in it and I was able to to start it with minus 14 minus 15 I started all the time with no problems and then my gasoline car the coldest I ever started was in minus 25 but if you are going to have temperatures below that you may want to consider having not only a block heater but they have they have they have heaters that actually could stick on the oil pan and they um they, they kind of like a glue on and they'll heat the oil. But the thing basically is under extremely under a very, very ex- extreme, and a lot of people may have a minus forty-five, minus fifty, is that if you could get the fuel to move, you could get the cranking speed high enough to not only heat the air but meet the threshold which is very important on a newer diesel to meet the threshold that the injectors will fire and get to minimize the resistance the parasitic loss through the oil and make sure that the grounds and the starter is efficient that you will be able to if if the diesel fuel stays liquid you will be able to get this thing to light off and she will run
1: Just want to reassure everybody that agriculture is going on as normal here in Sullivan County cows are still having calves grass is growing Uh, people are planning to put a crop out just like always so don't worry about the food supply there's going to be plenty the truckers are still trucking Uh, farmers are doing their thing grocery stores are are getting it on the shelves and, and making things available in different different kinds of ways so if things are gonna be okay as far as the food supply goes don't worry about that we'll make more. As you all can see behind me here I got my ground already plowed up we're ready to go we're gonna plant uh, sweet corn, green beans, and tomatoes and all type of vegetables as soon as, uh, as soon as everything's ready to go we're gonna also plant pumpkins later on and I'm proud to be a farmer everybody stays safe and healthy thank you all. A sincere thanks to the nation's farmers and ranchers. May God bless you. In The Know, I'm Andy Solomon. Human traffickers use force, fraud, or coercion to lure victims into labor or commercial sexual exploitation. The Department of Homeland Security established the Blue Campaign to raise awareness of the crime and to encourage people to recognize the indicators of human trafficking and report suspected trafficking incidents. Blue Campaign's program manager Brandy Bynum has more.
2: Every year, millions of people are trafficked around the world. You can help play a role in ending human trafficking by learning key indicators of the crime, raising awareness of human trafficking within your community or industry, and reporting suspected trafficking incidents.
1: We all have a role to play in ending human trafficking.
2: We're asking everyone to learn the indicators of human trafficking on the Blue Campaign website and where to report suspected trafficking. Do not attempt to confront a trafficker directly or alert a victim to any suspicions.
1: To learn the indicators of human trafficking and how to report it, visit dhs.gov slash bluecampaign.
0: Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer. And before we get into the under the sheet metal segment, which just happens to be about leak-proofing engine sheet metal, we need to have Tex some from Ripsaw Records come in. He's the hot rod man. Alrighty, here we go under the sheet metal in the vernacular of engines the timing cover oil pan and valve covers are identified as sheet metal in agriculture the definition is expanded to include any light grade metal enclosure that contains a liquid or a lubricant a major frustration is a persistent leak even after the gasket has been changed by employing the following measures it will be fixed right the first time If you end up changing the gasket, make sure you thoroughly clean the sealing surfaces of both the cover and the part. Perform a visual inspection for imperfections and high and low spots. Any difference that is greater than the gasket thickness will allow it to leak. The major cause of warped sheet metal is over-tightening. The bolts just need to be snug to marry the cover with the gasket and only slightly depress it. If RTV is used, keep in mind that it means room temperature vulcanizing. The sealer will not cure and form a gasket in cold or a hot environment. Then that also means a hot surface that you're applying it to like an engine block or a cylinder head. Do not add any liquid to the sheet metal enclosure until the sealer is cured. If possible, it is best to leave it overnight. Just because the gasket fits does not mean it is made from the proper material for the task or liquid that needs to be contained. It is wise to use name brand or original equipment gaskets. There is a reason why they cost more money. By far the most common cause of leaks is deformation of the area around the bolt holes from over-tightening place a small ball peen hammer on the bowed bolt hole while resting the part on the edge of a workbench then hit the small hammer with a larger one the goal is to gently bow the sheet metal the other way so when it is tightened it will then be flush against the gasket or sealant this is identified as peening the bolt holes back over Install the cover and all the fasteners so they just touch the sheet metal, then incrementally and in a crisscross fashion, make them all snug. Let the gasket rest for a few minutes and then go around the perimeter of the cover, snugging all the bolts evenly if possible repeat after a few thermal cycles so that is all you need to do to have leak proof sheet metal but the most common problem is the bolt holes get extended they get egg shaped and then the the gasket is not fully compressed it's only compressed around the bolt holes and then it leaks so if you have any questions on anything or want to discuss to with greater detail how to get a diesel engine to start in the winter, please just email me at hotrodfarmer at and know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher in my beloved, beloved America. Thank you so much for listening. Stay warm and I will catch you all next week.
1: RFD-TV brings the ag industry news you care about.
0: A lot of producers really looked at the hope Mm -hmm. of being
1: able to get this deal done. Tailored forecasts for farmers and ranchers. You can see the pockets of red across Texas. That has become a problem. And going forward in time, we just don't have a lot of rainfall headed that way. Live direct reports from the trading floor with expert market analysis. We have Oliver Slope standing by, and he is with Blue Line Futures. Well,
2: the, the outside markets are going to be the, the driving factor and the focal point in this week's trade.
1: A focus on Washington ag policy. RFD TV's Emily Butt joins us from our Washington, D.C. News Bureau. The president reaffirms his commitment for rural America, supporting farmers through the pandemic and live reports from across the nation.
2: See lots of fun and exciting stories. Especially lots of hard work that goes into this.
1: Stories you'll find only on RFD-TV, celebrating our 20th year as rural America's most important network. Hey folks, join us for the Better Horses radio show on Wednesday and Thursday evenings at 11 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 with host Ernie Rodina, Don Dawson, and me, Ron McDan. Along with our KSU vet tip, we'll have a visit with Lynn Young, the real-life ranch wife, followed by a conversation with Jamie Stoltzfus about the art of the cowgirl. So tune in to the Better Horses radio show on Wednesday or Thursday evening right here on Rural Radio Channel 147.
2: NFR Extra follows Cowboys, talks to legends and country stars, and finds the stories that make up the season that leads to the annual showdown in December. Follow me, Nevada Caldwell, Rylan Bentley, and Steve Goder as we delve deep into the stories in and behind The Road to Gold. Listen to NFR Extra on Rural Radio, Channel 147, on Sirius XM, every Monday at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern, with a re-air Tuesday in the same time slot. NFR Extra,
1: all dirt, all dirt.